What makes the Pittsburgh Steelers defensive line so scary in 2023? We go over those factors and how they'll match up with the AFC North here on the Friday edition of the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting app and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is sponsored by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs gives you completely comfortable shorts that'll be great looking when they fit you too. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL and enter promo code locked on nfl all capital letters all one word they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler with every order more on that later but let's talk a little bit here as otas have wrapped up with the pittsburgh steelers we were in the locker room on thursday and we got to talk to some guys and we were just you know kind of feeling out how guys felt leading into minicamp and so they're not going anywhere they're staying right here in pittsburgh because next week is minicamp then will be the big break before training camp but one thing we've been talking about these guys with is this defensive line. And the defensive line is a huge part of the Steelers because it's going to, it's supposed to be one of the best parts of the Steelers. They're going to be a need to be a commanding unit. And there's a lot of upside. There's a lot of excitement for him. Cam Hayward's still the leader. Larry Ogunjobi's got a full year healthy. Keanu Benton is, is a rookie that everyone was talking about. We talked a lot about on this show even before he was drafted. The Marvin Leal, a guy who I think is criminally underrated in the NFL for what he's about to be as a second-year player. They got a really good mix, and you got guys like Braden Fajoko and Armin Watts, who are veterans that you've brought in in free agency. I think they have a really good chance at things. But when you look across the board and you and you see things, one thing that I think could be underrated about what the Steelers are going to be able to do with their defensive line this year is that Larry Ogunjobi won't be coming to training camp um, working back from a serious injury. Remember when Logan Joby first showed up at Steelers training camp last year, he couldn't do the full activities. He had to work his way into eventually kind of getting ready for week one. And that took, and that took time. And he wasn't, even then he wasn't at his full strength. Now he is. And when you ask the other Steelers defensive lineman about Larry Ogunjobi, they say things like DeMarvin Leal did when we asked him. This was DeMarvin Leal in the Steelers locker room on Thursday. A scary Larry Ogunjobi. <laughs> That's what he brings, a scary Larry Ogunjobi. What do you mean by that? Have you not seen him? <laughs> Have you not seen the transformation? Okay, I'm just not saying. Nah, but Larry is a uh, you know, smart you know, veteran, you know what I'm saying? He knows everything about the game. He sees things before they happen. And, you know, having Larry back and having him even healthier than he was last year is just, hey, our defense is going to be crazy. So the excitement there about Larry Ogunjobi isn't just that he's healthy. It's because now he gets to be the full product, product of himself. And DeMarvin Leal was going into a few things that when they, we, were, we were talking to him. Uh, you know, DeMarvin Leal is a guy last year. This is the first year with the team, first year with Ogunjobi. And he kind of got to see how Ogunjobi grew throughout the year to be the veteran 
that was going to be a big problem for offenses in, uh, to come in. Again, Ogunjobi lining up next to Cam Hayward, that's the that's the first one-two punch. You still have the one-two punch behind them with Benton and Leal as two guys who can play uh, and the two guys that they drafted on day two of the draft in back-to-back seasons that I think are going to have a big future together at the Pittsburgh Steelers because I really like DeMarvin Leal as a player. I really like uh, Keanu Benton as, as a prospect. We still haven't seen him as a player just yet in the NFL. But um, I think that there's something to be said about about that mix there. Um, And and also the chemistry that these guys have. They like each other, but they also, you know, they're they're not smelling. They're not smelling themselves. They're not feeling like, oh, they've got this in the bag. They're trying to quell, you know, because even when uh, when DeMarvin Leal said just that and called him scary, uh, Cam Hayward kind of fired right back. And here was Cam Hayward when he was asked about DeMarvin Leal calling uh, Larry Ogunjobi scary. Leal just described uh, Ogunjobi as scary. I, mean, I don't think I'll ever. I have no is he or is that? I think Leal just likes to rhyme sometimes, <laughs> you know. Uh, but no, I I, I think um, Larry's putting a lot of work this off season, um, whether it's his conditioning or just feeling more comfortable and confident out there. Uh, and he's not hampered by his foot anymore. How long does it take? So, so one, it just it's funny when Cam is just like, oh, okay, you like rhyming, which I think he was right. That was that was DeMarvin. But hey, DeMarvin's young. He can do what he needs to do. But uh, again, pointing at Larry Ogunjobi being a key part of this defensive line, I think is looking at looking at a fact that the Steelers didn't have him at 100% pretty, pretty much all of last year. But even when he was in there at 80%, he was an asset to the Steelers. And he brings you that, that kind of depth. And I think that that's what's going to be again when you have those starters that that one two punch that can that can change the line of scrimmage that can get after the quarterback that can help stuff the run take on double teams consistently those are a key point to a great Steelers defense to most great Steelers defenses all great Steelers defenses they had guys up front who could beat people up keep the linebackers clean and make plays on their own that's why I think Larry Ogunjobi can be with Cam Hayward for the long run but we need to see how how those guys come up behind him, and I think one thing that also get was that also gets talked about, and Demarvin Leal said this also when I asked him about it was you know about the growth that this group has had now that they've played together a bit. And Benton's different; he just got here as well as Fahoko and Watts, but these guys, the majority of these guys, along with working with the with the Steelers edge rushers, they know each other. They know each other's strengths. They know how to play off each other, and that was something that I wanted to see if Demarvin Leal had an answer for, and he did. And I think it's a good sign that he's able to see this this part of this game at just a second year player in the NFL. Here's Demarvin Leal on the Steelers defensive line chemistry. You just pay attention to you know the guys that you're beside, and you try to learn like what's their favorite moves, what's their favorite stunts, you know what they see. So you see exactly the same thing that they're seeing, and you know there's a certain language here, and when you learn that language, it makes everything a lot easier. How, how, how has that helped you as far as uh, what, how much more you can see compared to this mm-hmm. time last year? Uh, I would say that, you know what I'm saying, when it comes, you just, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just, it's just yeah, definitely extinction. So when asking DeMarvin Leal there and talking about how does how does some of the things that they know, how to balance each other, talk about their strengths, what the different moves that, that they like to do, how does that work? It is still a bit of instinct. As much as you could talk about it before the game, you need to be able to feel each other, where each other are, what they like to do, how they like to play off of each other. And those are things that only come with experience. They come with wins and losses and learning from them and kind of being like, okay, we know how to respond in in, diff- in different moments. That's where um, that's where I think the Steelers are in a good position 
uh, with the guys that they have right now is that all of them, not all of them, excuse me, but the top guys, top three guys, especially, they know each other and they've set the tone. And then also when you think about, it's not just about the the quote unquote defensive lineman. It's also about the edge rushers because TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith have been around for, for, for years now. And those guys know how to work with them and they're all part of the same pass rush unit. And that is what's going to be the most difficult part of this Steelers defense to stop, I think, for offenses when they're trying to get the run game going or protect their quarterback. It's going to be their flexibility, their ability to know each other, to base the moves off of each other. When you watch, tell you, you go back and watch tape, it, go back and even watch I, my suggestion. If you want an example of this, and I think it's a it's a good it's a good one to see. Go back and watch how Cam Hayward and Stephon Tuitt grew as a duo. And I want to say between 2017 and 2018, 18, I want to say, were the two years where I saw them grow the most, where you saw them start to stunt off each other better. It was also involving TJ Watt and Bud Dupree. But like by 2018, I think it was when I was able to, when you were able to look and see like when uh, when those four guys were, were working together, they became very tough to stop as a package. And I think that that's where the Steelers want to get with their guys th- this year. Last year, there were remnants of it. Now, part of it, a huge part of it is TJ Watt was you know was injured was never really 100% even when he came back but i think still there's that potential now this year with Alex Highsmith the good feelings that he had we have about him maybe getting an extension uh TJ Watt being TJ Watt again Cam Hayward Ogan Joby now now in a full year together i think that that is a huge part of what the Steelers defense needs moving forward we'll talk more about that in just a second here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. So stick with us. We'll be right back, continuing our talk about chemistry on the defense. But first, want to talk to you guys about Bird Dogs. Now, Bird Dogs is one of our amazing sponsors that that gives that gives you great clothing, and especially shorts for for the summertime as you get ready as you get ready to go outside and enjoy some good weather. And Bird Dogs are going to help you look good because. They're made. They're they're made with 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 the fabrics to give you stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer on you through the thigh and the leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shirts shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit you way better than Lululemon. And Bird dogs fixed fixed issues of previous shorts where they used to have shorts that were a little too stiff and too restricting, but now they they've invented what's called a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so that you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement, which is very important when you're trying to be active in the summer. So Bird and Bird dogs also thinking about you being active. It has the anti anti stink sweat wicking fabric, which helps you stay cool and dry and not smelly all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. When you get there, enter the promo code locked on NFL. That's L O C K E D O N N F L, all capital letters, all one word, and you'll get a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti, Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to make take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Go get some bird dogs at birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. Back here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We continue our talk here about the Steelers' defensive chemistry. And, and I, I wanted to connect this a bit to the entire roster because when we talked about the chemistry on the defensive line, that is 
very important because they need to be able to not just not just know where each other at, but also know how what you know what stunts come in different situations. Like Cam Hayward was talking about a play the other day in the locker room, and he was talking about how you know there was a moment where you know he jumped there last year. He jumped into a gap, and you know one of the one another player said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What are you doing there?" And he was like, "No, this is just me showing this gap, but I'm going to the going to the other one." And so uh, there's there's things that come with especially veteran players who are used to their ways used to a system and are so comfortable in it that they can make judgment calls and the and the coaches give them the freedom to make judgment calls because they trust them that was something that Troy Polamalu did all the time for the Pittsburgh Steelers and it wasn't until about like 2006 7 ish that I think that it really started to be consistently a problem for offenses because Polamalu used to be all it was always all over the place. He could fly everywhere and he still made amazing plays. But when he hit those amazing plays started to stack up on on each other a lot faster was when the defense knew how he worked and had a feel for what to anticipate and what to cover up when he was being so aggressive. That was a huge, huge part of that. Um, you go you go and you look at what the Steelers defense started to do last year with uh with the pass rush that they were able to generate later later in the season when they when they started to be healthy without TJ Watt you look at what the Steelers did in intercepting the ball last year and how they were able to trust each other to get to certain spots and win certain battles those things take time to develop and i think that it's something that when you have a young defense it's going to be part of the part of the struggles that you go through but the Steelers they have young players on the defense but they don't have a young defense and i think that that's a, a, a positive for them for them with what they want this defense to be the offense is very young and it's going to take time to gel it's it's one of the reasons i say when steelers fans are like oh man going to the super bowl and i'm like oh, guys 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 bring bring it bring it i get being excited because i think it's excitable that the steelers have done a lot of really good things and there is the makings of something truly special on this roster right now with some of the leaders they've assembled p- players they've drafted all the things that they that they've been built building towards and how the front office looks like how they've handled this this past season and are set to handle the future seasons but i think that the biggest thing is that when that people forget it takes time to grow from things it takes time to learn to trust each other and, and, it, and some of it is does involve losing some of it does involve you know growing growing from a tough moment where you say like we're never doing that again and you move and you move on from it. And then that loss sticks with people's mind. I, this isn't a Steelers example, but this is a, a, a an example that I covered uh, in 2021 when Pitt won the ACC championship. Kenny Pickett's final year when he did the fake slide. They had lost to a team they weren't supposed to early in the season called Western Michigan. And Western Michigan ate them alive. And they made mistakes on defense that were crucial to that game. And they lost by a single possession. And if they had won that game, they were, who knows where they could have been national ranking-wise. There was a whole talk about that. But when you talk to when you talk to the players for the next like two months, that Kenny Pickett called a team meeting after that game and said, we will not lose that way again. Not this year. This is our year. And again, that's the leadership of Kenny Pickett, by the way. Every week when they would get ready, they said, yep, we're not doing that again. And they never did. And without that loss early in that season, I don't think Pitt makes the run that they did that year to the ACC championship because I think the defense got so much better because of those struggles that it made them better enough to be able to dominate like they did in the ACC championship game and in several games throughout the year that got them there. You go back to the mid-2000s Steelers defense. They had plenty 
of moments. Joey Porter was a guy who, you know, talked about who talked about the pain that they suffered when they lost to the Patriots both times in the AFC Championship games uh, in 2001, uh, in the 2001 season, and then in the 2004 season. And in 2005, you saw a lot of the guys who went through that went went through some of those battles. Joey Porter, Casey, Casey Hampton, those those type of guys, they knew they 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 were ready to deliver. They taught this is what this is what they talked about being great, stepping up for stepping up in the moment, but being working to be great all the time. And that was the message that carried over the 2008 Steelers defense when that group was coming together. And even the young players like Lamar Woodley had something to look up to because that defense knew each other. They knew what to expect of each other. They knew how they worked together. And that's what they what this defense I think has on their hands right now. This the, the, the current 2023 20, Steelers defense. You still got the main trio of superstars and Cam Hayward, who I still think is one of the best defensive linemen in all of football. You still have Minka Fitzpatrick, who I think is the best safety in all of football. You still have TJ Watt, who I think is the best edge rusher in all of football. And then you have a lot of really good role pieces and maybe the most depth that you've had on a Steelers roster in a very long time. You have a lot of answers that you have right in front of you that I think is going to make the Steelers defense special because they'll have that chemistry. They'll have that trust. They've gone. And again, this group has gone through wars. They started what two and six last year. And fought their way back to nine and eight. This group knows knows what those battles are like, and I think that being through those is going to be a big boost for what, for knowing how to how to trust each other, and also setting the tone for the young guys in the group. You know, Keanu Benton doesn't have to start, but he's going. But his biggest thing this year will be learning from the older guys in the defensive line. Joey Porter Jr. I think he will start because they drafted him so high and. You know, I think his pedigree is a corner, but he also has Patrick Peterson and Levi Wallace in the room who are a big help. And I also when I talk talk to any person on the Steelers defense or even offense about Patrick Peterson and you hear about his wisdom, his um, his ability to kind of explain things to other teammates. And I think Patrick Peterson is going to be a big help to the secondary just as far as being a leader who can make sense of things. Uh, in tough moments. But I really think that a huge part of what I'm talking about here, again, with this chemistry, comes down to those veterans setting a tone, establishing a bond that, that stems over to games, that they know where to run fit. They know when they know when each other like to gamble. They know how to cover for each other's gambles when they miss. Those types of things will play such a big role in the Steelers season. And again, I think a lot of it starts right up front with this defensive line. If they are as if they are as smooth, if they are as aggressive, if they are as together as we're hearing them talk about in the Steelers locker room and in OTAs right now, I think it goes a long way to making this, this unit a, elite again. And I do mean elite as in top five in the NFL. But it starts with that defensive line. And that defensive line has to start with doing better against the division. They did well in some certain aspects. 
but there were other aspects that they did need to improve last from last year. We'll talk about those aspects here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. We'll be right back and talking up some matchups with this Steelers defensive front with the offensive lines of the AFC North. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're continuing our show here. And I I wanted to run through some parts of the Steelers defensive front and what they did last year to the other AFC North teams because there are some highs and there are some lows. And part of it also comes with the injury to TJ Watt. When you lose TJ Watt, it changes everything. It's why he's one of the most valuable players in the NFL. But... Let's take a look back at how they did last year, and then we can look at how how those offensive lines look this year and talk about things. You look at the Bengals. In the first game against the Bengals, you all remember that the Steelers' defensive front went ballistic. They had seven sacks. Cam Hayward had an interception. T.J. Watt had an interception. They they went insane. They bullied, and that was that was when both sides were fully healthy, and they had they had their guns available on week one, and that defensive front. Uh, line kicked butt. Now, in the second time against the Cincinnati Bengals, they got they got two more sacks. So, still, you know, got to was able to get to Joe Burrow, but they gave up a ton of points in that game. Um, going going back over it, thirty seven points to to be to be exact. Um, and uh, you see that, but then you look at the Browns. The Browns, they get the the Steelers did get to get to get to um. Uh, their quarterback twice in the in the week three game, but again without TJ Watt. And at the end of the year, it's kind of crazy. The Steelers bookended their season with seven sacks against the Bengals in week one, and then seven sacks against the Browns in in uh, in week eighteen. The Ravens were the only AFC North offensive line that didn't get bullied by the Steelers when it came to protecting their quarterback in the week seventeen game. Their quarterback only got sacked once. The week 14 game got set twice. But here's where I, I think you can look at saying you think like, okay, well, the Steelers did really well against the Ohio team, so so against the Ravens. That's that that that's fine. That's to be expected. But I want to point your attention to the running game numbers in some of these games. And again, some of it was due to injury, some of it is due to circumstances. But I think it's also something that we can illuminate right now for the Steelers that this defensive line has to clear up, clean up. And Cam Hayward gave props to Brian Flores for what he did to help them last year to get there. But of course, Brian Flores ain't there no more. So it's going to be up to these new guys to fit in, get the picture, and deliver as as run stuffers to take this this part away from, from the Steelers' defensive problems. And let me go over some of those numbers for you just so you understand. Whereas the Steelers did get seven sacks against the Bengals in week one, they gave 133 yards in the ground. Granted, that's also in 34 carries. Not terrible, but you wouldn't want to be better there. In the first game of the Browns, which they lost, they they gave up 4.5 yards per carry, 171 yards total on 38 carries and a, and a rushing touchdown. That was uh that was that was pretty bad. That was the second most rushing yards they gave up in a game all season. And the most rushing yards they gave up in a game all season, well, that was to the Baltimore Ravens. You're sensing a theme here. 
Now, I will say again, the Steelers defense defense sharpened up later in the year when TJ Watt came back. Uh, when they played the Bengals the second time, granted, the Bengals also didn't have to run the ball because they were scoring so much. But they held the Bengals to 62 yards and 24 carries. It's 2.6 yards per carry. That's a good day as far as stuffing the run go. Just not a good day at much else because they gave up three touchdowns on screen passes. And then you look at the uh but then when you look at the Ravens first first game again, 42 carries, 215 yards, and a touchdown. They got pushed around that game. And Cam Hayward even talked about it. There were some things that he did that he would he wished he could have took back. But the Steelers rebounded, still gave up 120 yards to the Ravens in weeks week uh week 17, but only 4.3 yards per carry. And ultimately you held the opponent to 13 points. I'd say you won that that equation. But then again, on the week week 18, they gave up 134 yards to the Browns on the ground. Granted, some of those were kind of like not that important rushing yards uh, because the Steelers ended up winning 28 to 14. But this defensive front, I, I think, cannot overlook the importance of winning more in the run game. And for all the chemistry we're talking about, the excitement we're talking about of, you know, pressure and sacks and creating big plays and turnovers in the secondary. We talked about Minka Fitzpatrick and Patrick Peterson's special connection in the last episode for all that to come to pass and to actually mean something. This defensive front has got to sharpen up and stuff the run. And if you're not the group that's stuffing the run, stuff the blockers so that the next group, the linebackers can do the run, the run stuffing. That's where I see the Steelers' big key here and why I think the chemistry of the defensive line is so important, why I wanted to spend a show talking to you on it. Now, I will say, for those who are probably still on this video thinking, where's Jenna Harner? We apologize, and this is now two weeks in a row where just schedules could not align on Thursdays. Jenna's very busy at Channel 11. We appreciate her, and she she feels bad that she can't come on the show, but we will have her on as soon as we can again uh, uh, with, the new, with the newest Friday episode next week, hoping that works out for for uh for the long term we'll see if it does uh but i think jenna would agree with me here on the point that the steelers defensive line there's a lot of reasons to be excited excited about it but there's still a lot of work to be done to make sure that they are this polished this polished unit that works together thinks on one accord moves on one step and is an aggressive force that sets the tone for what i think should be an aggressive defense in 2023 OTAs are over, as I said, which means minicamp is up next. I will be there at minicamp all week long, giving you my insights as far as how things are going. And then the Steelers take their final break before uh, before the before August comes or late July, excuse me, comes um, and they start their training, their training camp uh, schedule. But we will have coverage from minicamp all next week long. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Thanks again for checking out the Locked on Steelers podcast. You can find me on app on uh, Inst- uh, Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can find this show, the Locked on Steelers podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. 
You can find the Locked on Steelers podcast. You can also find my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com, as I cover the University of Pittsburgh, and also run their North Shore Drive podcast, their primary podcast that comes on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Thanks again, everyone, for checking out the Locked on Steelers podcast. Hope you have a great weekend. I'll be back on Monday getting you ready for minicamp and some other thoughts here on the Locked on Steelers podcast.